Welcome to the Cannabivarum Podcast, the Cannabis Truth Podcast. I speak the language of cannabis freely and uncensored while educating my audience on the safe use of this live plant therapy. You should know what's in your cannabis, what's good and what's not. It does not come with an FDA stamp of approval yet. Using cannabis mindfully as medication is a different concept in the healthcare philosophy of the past hundred years. There's a lot to learn and consider. Cannabis is not dangerous, but it is not harmless either. This is Honey Smith Walls, a 21st century cannabis shaman, here to explain the language of cannabis in historical, political, and scientific terms so you can make educated decisions about the medicine you ingest. Hey, my friends, I just want you to know that I'm celebrating my 100th episode of the Cannabivarum podcast, and my very, very special guest is my buddy, Irvin Rosenfeld. He's a titan in the cannabis industry. You may not have have, um, heard of him if you're not in the cannabis industry, but oh my goodness, you're probably applauding already if you know who I'm talking about. Irvin Rosenfeld is the reason that we can safely and securely enjoy the benefits of medicinal cannabis uh, all across the United States and uh, any kind of cannabis product that you're able to obtain in all 50 states. That was because of the work that my buddy Irvin Rosenfeld did. Well, he wrote a book. It's called My Medicine, and I want you to have the opportunity to win this book. All you have to do is send me a little note that you want it at info at honeysmithwalls.com. Let me spell it for you. I-N-F-O at H-O-N-E-Y-S-M-I-T-H. W-A-L-L-S dot com. Now, let's have a little chat with Irvin, shall we? Hello? Hi, Irv. It's Honey. Yes. I'm so glad I got you. I think I've got our little technical issues figured out, so... Thank you so much for joining me for the Cannabivarum podcast to tell our audience who you are and what you are to our cannabis industry and how important especially that you have been to me. So welcome, Irv, and tell well, our thank audience, you, honey. Yeah, tell our audience who you are. I am the longest surviving federal medical cannabis patient in the United States. I started taking on the federal government in 1973, and I became the second federal patient in the country in 1982. And I was able to stand up with Robert Randall, the first patient, Mm -hmm. in 1982, and start teaching people in the United States and the world about the benefits of medical cannabis and not having to worry about Johnny Law coming in to arrest us because we had a prescription, not a recommendation. 
So it was very important for Bob and I to be able to teach the world about it, and that's what we did. It was amazing, an amazing story that got you even into the cannabinoid therapies. Uh, you were quite a young boy at the time when you found out about uh, issues that, well, you tell the story. Well, I was 18 and a half when I discovered marijuana or the benefits of it. I was against it in high school. Why would a healthy person use uh, an illegal drug, which was cannabis, when he had to take all these legal medicines because of my bone disorder? Mm-hmm. And I came to college. I went from Virginia, where I lived in Virginia, came to college in Miami at 18. And that's when I discovered the benefits of medical cannabis because I gave in to peer pressure to use it just to make friends. Oh. And, and, when I, and when I tried it, it was pure garbage. I mean, I didn't get high. I got any form of effect. I got nothing from it as far as I was concerned. But I was accepted by my friends and I was able to make, you know, acquaintances. And so therefore it was very beneficial. Wow. And about the 10th time I did it, I realized, you know, I, I played a game of chess, mm-hmm. which I don't like chess. I like backgammon. So I played a game of chess for 30 minutes, and when I lost, I stood up, and I realized I'd sat for 30 minutes. It was the first time in five years I'd sat for more than 10 minutes. Oh, my gosh. And immediately, immediately I thought, in what way I take all the prescriptions I had, which was Dilaudid, Methacrolone, which was Quaalude, and other medicines. And I realized I'd, take, I'd taken a pill in six hours. Well, how could I sit for the first time? And just then, the person beside me handed me the joint. It was my turn. And I looked at this piece of garbage, because that's all I thought mar- you know, cannabis was. Yeah. And of course, we knew the word cannabis. We, back then, it was marijuana. That's yeah. all we do. Yeah. And so I looked at this piece of garbage, and I thought, wait a minute. This is the only thing I've done differently. I wonder if there's any medical benefit to this garbage. And that's when I contacted my family and my doctor. Uh, my family, my a uh, great uncle at, at one point was head of pediatrics at Johns Hopkins. Ooh. My regular uncle taught pediatrics at Yale and actually worked with Dr. Spock in the 40s and 50s, which oh, is a renowned wow. pediatrician. Yeah. And my sister, my sister was head of nuclear medicine at Duke. Oh, my gosh. And so I contacted them and said, hey, wait a minute. There may be some benefit of this garbage called cannabis or marijuana back then. <laughs> and that's when we did the research. You know, we, and of course, there was no internet back then in 1973. You know, mm-hmm. And we did the research and went to libraries and did the research. And lo and behold, we found out that, you know, that this has been a medicine for, you know, generations and generations and hundreds of years. And that the government actually had a farm in Mississippi that they were growing marijuana for medical research. Didn't that blow your and mind? Since my bone, yeah, since my bone disorder is, you know, back then it was called multiple congenital cartilaginous exostosis. What a so it was very rare. It was very rare. Right. And so I thought, well, you know, what if I write my own scientific project and take on the federal government? You were your own case study. Well, the point was that my disease is so rare, I figured I wasn't going to be opening up Pandora's box. Uh-huh. And so therefore, if I take on the federal government, you know, that would be at least a way of, of, of not allowing myself to be arrested for using an illegal drug. And because the way I looked at it is my doctor could give me morphine, but couldn't give me marijuana. That didn't make sense to me. It doesn't. So when I realized and I did the research after, you know, I thought it was beneficial. And I found out it really was beneficial for me. So that's why I, I left college after you know, three semesters in, in Miami, went back to Virginia, 
and decided to take on the federal government. And that's what I did. So that was still that was still a long process. I mean, even after that, and I'd forgotten that uh, so many of your family members were such smarty pants in the medical <laughs> industry, right? But that helped yes. tremendously, didn't it? It yeah. did. It did because yeah. it, it gave me it gave me you know the the knowledge that knowing that you know here the, these people were in medicine, they go, Irving, there may be something here. You're right. You know, there really might be something here. Right. And so that's when I, you know, continued further. And again, it took me 10 years. I mean, believe me, I was like, you know, I, you know, I look at today in Florida and you can go to a doctor and get a recommendation in 15 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, I feel, you know? I feel privileged to live here in Florida with our regulation, you know, system. It's not as bad as a lot of other states. I feel like we've got a lot of choices and that, uh, you know, there's a lot of contamination that gets rooted out because of the way our system is set up in Florida. I know there's still a lot of flaws to our system, but boy, we're a lot luckier than some of those states out there that's still so crazy with their regulations or lack thereof. Yeah, there is. Yeah. But again, nothing, nothing, nothing is, you know, uh, perfect, shall we say, especially, no. you know, in, in our state of Florida. I mean, there's, you know, we, we, you know, the point is, when Bob Randall and I in 82 decided to teach the entire world about medical cannabis, we did it for the benefit of clients or for the patients. Okay, That's definitely. what we wanted to do. Yeah. And what Florida has done is they've made it to a monopoly for money. Yeah. Yeah. And that is just so wrong because that's not what we wanted. We wanted patients to have the right to utilize us. Right. And, and it you should know, be the in, the, in that, the decisionary hands of the doctors, not the legislators. Not the legislators. But the point is this, you know, the thing is, when you're on disability, a lot, most people on disability can barely afford their rent or their food. Yeah. And now you're telling them they've got to go out to a dispensary and spend four or $500 a month to get their medicine? Right. Un, unright. It's just not un-right. correct. Exactly. We should, we, should, we should be able to be able to, you know, arrange for patients to grow their own. Because, you know, when you're on disability, you don't have a lot of self-worth. You know, you're, you're just like, you're, you feel like you're, you're a drain on society. But if you could grow your own medicine, and especially, you know, for people that live in, 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 in different facilities, where you have, you know, uh, disabled facilities where people could, you know, get together and do their own, yeah. it gives them a sense of responsibility. Right. And so I really wish that, you know, here in Florida and all over the country, that people would have the right to be able to grow their own, not have to go to some dispensary to pay for it. Mm-hmm. If they could grow their own, they would give them self-worth and say, hey, look, look what I'm doing for myself. Look what I'm doing. And again, God, thank God if, if somebody can grow their own, and then grow more than they need for themselves, they could give it to other disabled people. I like oh, the way you be, think, Irv. That's right. That's, you know, a, that's, 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 that's the right way to frame it. Yeah. yeah that's, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, I like that a lot. So, um, that whole process, that whole legal process took you years and years, I know. And then you wrote a book about it called My Medicine, which transformed my life. I I didn't I didn't know that pot could be so advantageous and could help a person 
be successful. I thought, you know, I was, I, I, I was just ignorant. I just thought pot was a toy. And, and then I read your book and realized it's really medicine. It's really medicine. And so that changed everything for me. Yeah, well, people don't understand the endocannabinoid system, right? And and what it means to us, and you know, our our our, our self worth and our being, as far as you know, to be able to be able to regulate your own body, to be able to make it to where everything works well. I mean, what people don't realize is, before cannabis became illegal in 1937, mm-hmm. before that, it was in our medicines, it was in our foods, mm-hmm. and we didn't have the autoimmune diseases we have today. Exactly. In fact, but back then, back then you were able to, to self-medicate and take care of yourself. Well, once they took it out of our system, that's when we started getting our body fighting ourselves, meaning all these uh, you know, autoimmune, you know, autoimmune diseases, uh, multiple sclerosis, fatigue, autism, multiple all these, MS, all these MD, things, you know, all of these, uh, all of these right. silly things. Right? We, we, didn't, we didn't have those before 1937. ADD, we didn't have right? And so it's just, it's, it's hard to make you know, doctors and the public realize that. Mm-hmm. It's been very difficult. But we've come a long way in, you know, the 40 years that I've been, you know, using it under the federal government. Right. And we've come a long way, but we still have so far to go because they still don't understand it that well. Because I, I, I'd say maybe 10% of the country, medical schools are teaching it. Maybe 10%, maybe 15%, just be kind. They're still not <laughs> teaching it. Right. They're still not teaching it to doctors. And, and none in D8 schools that. yet. None, none in the higher higher uh, medical schools yet. So, they're not. They're not. Um, no, you know, that's, that's the way it is. Uh, and so it's yeah. just, the, the, the people I hear getting degrees in uh, cannabinoid uh, science are going to Canada and Australia and, you know, other countries to get those uh, masters and stuff, but wow, it, it it's coming, it's coming, and and you started all of that. I mean, you really yes. have brought it back to the conscious mindfulness of the public to realize it, it's a good thing for us, and that we've been hoodwinked for almost a hundred years. Doctor Raphael Mishulam is saying that because of all of that lack of cannabinoid therapy, now we have an endo cannabinoid deficiency problem and like you were saying i bet that's where all the add's and all the you know ms's and autoimmune diseases are coming from uh an endocannabinoid deficiency exactly and you know and i've been one you know thank god i've you know i was able to become a federal patient so i've been able to stand up and talk about it and that's the hard part is because anybody else who stands up and talks about it, well, not so much today, but before, is they were potentially, you know, looking at arrest. They were looking at losing their jobs. Exactly. I mean, it, was, it was just a very difficult for anybody to talk about it, you know. Doctors, it too. Simple. They'd have their practices and their bank accounts shut down. Well, that that's very true, too. So, you know, I've been very fortunate that I've been able to stand up and talk about it. Mm-hmm. And... And now we've come a long way in the last 40 years. I mean, you know, people thought, you know, I've got to live long enough to see this. And I have. Oh. But we're still not there yet. We're still not there yet. And we still got a long way to go. We have people in jail. 
We saw people being arrested for this. Mm. And it's a nonviolent crime. I mean, it's a plant. I mean, that's mm. all it is. It's a plant. And so it's just really difficult to see people, you know, being prosecuted and putting in prison or whatever for a plant. And it's almost like saying, well, God, you know, well, tomorrow broccoli is going to be illegal. And anybody that's caught with, you know, using broccoli or eating broccoli is going to be put in jail. Right. And those same well, decision-making policymakers are, are right. telling us that we can't have it. And they own it and use it. Well, that's, again, the federal government has patents on it, which is kind of ironic, you know. And so, you know, it is, it's just a situation that, you know, we just, we've got to start, you know, all, all I keep saying is that, you know, this is the truth. And again, I'm one of the people that can stand up and say, hey, look, I've used it for 40 years under the federal government, and and this works. Now, that, program, that federal program is no longer open for uh, patient uh, access, right? It hasn't been open since 1992. So how many, patients are in, how many patients are left in it now? Me? Just you? Yeah, just me. Oh, well, we're going to yeah. keep you healthy and live to be 180 years old. So you'll be the oldest <laughs> one, and, and we'll put you in the Guinness Book of uh, World Records. Well, supposedly in 2014, I was putting the Guinness Book of World Records, although I'm not sure if it was, but they were saying I'd, I'd smoke more marijuana than anybody in the world. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. That's yeah. an awesome record to have in Guinness. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. I hope I hope uh, to inspire our audience to pick up your book. I don't know if you know this or not, but I bought three extra copies from uh, your bookstore at one point because I kept giving them away and losing them. (laughs) So I just bought a bunch of extra copies. You have to mail me a check to my home because I I I shut down my uh, website. Yeah, I did that when your site was still up. You took it down? Okay. Yeah, no, it's taken down. It just people have to order a book, to, you know, and mail it to my house. Yes, yes. Okay, you know, so. Yes, yes. Well, I'm still glad. It's a wonderful book. So, uh, it, it, you know, it's, it's very inspiring. It actually, it actually is a very great book because what it does is it gives you the history of medical cannabis in this country. Yep. But more importantly, you know, besides that is... What I, how I wrote the book was to, to help patients, but more important, the people who take care of patients, the parents, the grandparents, to be able to realize that this is a real medicine. Yes. And so therefore, you know, you've got to realize that, you know, when a child, especially a child, has a devastating disorder, you know, all they care about, all a patient cares about is having the best physicians possible. And having the best medicines possible. That's mm-hmm. all you can hope for. Mm-hmm. That's and, nice. and if you get that, that's all you can hope for. And God forbid if you've got a disorder, cancer, whatever, and and a person doesn't survive, that's all a patient can care about is just get the best medicine, the best doctors to care about you. And, and again, you know, one thing that I've learned a long time ago is when you have a caring physician, 
And again, I'm talking about a physician for, for uh, mostly kids. Mm-hmm. But you have, a, you have a, uh, a oncologist that's taking care of a six-year-old child, and they take care of them for six, seven, eight, nine, and they do the best they can. Mm. At age 10, the child dies. Mm. Well, that's devastating. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's, to the parents, but to the doctor especially. And that's when you say to the doctor, doctor, all you are is an MD. You're not a GOD. Oh, yeah. Mm. Thing. You know, and that's the important aspect is because doctors, most of them, I mean, a lot of them are really caring physicians. Mm-hmm. And so you just wanted them to be able to help the patient as best they can. That's Absolutely. what their job is. Yep. Yeah. They do the best they can. The patient doesn't survive. Hey, doc, you did the best you could. Right. And to the parents also, you know, it's, it's, it's devastating. So it's just, I've outlived, my, I've outlived you know, that. Your prognosis. Told me I, wasn't, I may not survive, you know, through my teenage years. And Goodness. I'm 68 now, so I survived. You but have the next survived. Person may not. Yeah, the next person may not. And so that's all patients care about is, be, you know, have the best possible treatment. And that's what's important. Yeah, and cannabis was incredibly instrumental in the treatment of that degenerative bone disease that you had not only you know for the disease itself but for your attitude and your spirit and and your success as a man yes yeah. hey look you know i've been a stockbroker for 34 years and listen made a me. lot of people a lot of money including you know myself <laughs> but the point is money is just money right that's not something to hang your hat on i mean so much it really isn't right it's when you can help people when you can help people and, you know, thank God, because of what I've done, I've helped millions and millions of people, not only in this country, but worldwide, realize the benefits of medical cannabis. And that's something I can hang my hat on. Okay. Not, not being a stockbroker for 34 years, but still it's, it's given me the, you know, the avenue to be able to help patients mm-hmm. and travel around and, and do this because mm-hmm. I've financially been able to do that. So you're my big example to do the same thing. I mean, once I saw what you were doing, not only with your book and talking about your experience, but uh, going on the Silver Tour with, um, you know, that whole pack was so fabulous. The Silver Tour was a sponsored panel of cannabis experts that uh, would give these free conferences open to the public and uh, you just learn so much, you know, and, and each panelist would get up and give a 20-minute little whatever or something like that. And that's where I saw you. I already knew about you. And then I saw that you were going to be on a panel uh, down near Miami, I think. And I went trotting down there. It's about three hours from here. And I saw you and fell in love and knew instantly this is exactly what my calling was. And I, I went up to you and um, you were you were signing books or, yeah, you were signing books. And I told you what my name was and that I was going to do exactly what you're doing. And you were going to be my mentor. And I didn't give you any choice in it. And you just grinned at me and said, well, welcome to the club. And that's what's been hey, going look. on for years. So Yes, we need, every, we need everybody's help to do what they can to spread the word. And that's what you've done. And I really appreciate what you've accomplished and what you've done. Well, and if I'm a small part of teaching you to do that, I'm very proud about that. You, you've been a huge part of teaching me to do that. 
uh, herb and I love you and I'm grateful and I thank you for it. And I want our audience to know uh, how important your movement in this industry has been. I mean, truly, it has, you have, you created the light that shines on this industry now in a truthful way. And I, I can't thank, we all can't thank you enough. Hey, everybody, go out and get my buddy Urban's uh, book. It's called My Medicine. And, and let, me give you my, let me give you my address because, again, I, I'm on a website right now, I, I, you know, or a do. mailbox. So. And, and I'll yep. put it in the, in the show notes and everything. And uh, so tell us okay, what it is. Me, okay, well, you would mail it to, to my, Urban Rosenfeld, 8500 Northwest 51st Street. That's 51ST Street. Lauder Hill, L-A-U-D-E-R-H-I-L-L. That's Lauder Hill, Florida, 33351. And they're $20 and $5 shipping and handling. So $25, just mail me a check, and I'll be glad to sign the book. Of course, that's one of the author's privileges to sign the book and say <laughs> you made out to. It is. Which I love to do that, and, and I'll mail it back to you. And the point is that, you know, I love feedback. So once you get the book, you know, give me a call because you've got, you know, the phone number will be on the book. And I just, you know, that's the way to spread the word. That's the way. And, thank, and that's, thank God I'm still alive. I'm 68 years old. And, you know, I look back, Bob Randall was the first patient. He died in 2001. Mm-hmm. And so I became the longest surviving federal patient. Mm-hmm. And... I love being number two to Bob because Bob was the greatest. Bob Randall was the greatest. I'm good, you know, and but Bob was better. The point is, my book points out everything about the history and also makes it to where it's, if anybody's, you know, wants to come out about medical cannabis and your family's going to understand, they read my book, they're going to understand. That's right. There won't, there won't be people against you after they read my book. Right. Because that's that's the way I wrote it, and and that's what moved me. That Irv, that's yeah. exact. Your book is what moved me to step into this industry, to think that I could even and should. Everybody who's got skills and talent should be considering jumping into this industry. It's you know it's it it's going to take over the world. Well, we're getting there. To, we're getting there. Uh, 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 you know, in a way. But we still got a long way to go. We sure do. There's a lot of work cut out for us, huh? There still is. But, you know, we've come a long way, and I'm glad it's did. And, hey, look, you know, okay. I, I wanted to be a federal program to where, you know, legally anybody can use it over age, you know, adult use, mm-hmm. over 21. Mm-hmm. And, and even, you know, in some ways I think it should be 25 because what I've read about the brain and everything else, I mean, the brain is still formulating at 21 to 25. So who knows? All I know is especially, especially if you've got a medical need for the substance. And everybody has a medical need because they're in the cannabinoid system. I think so, too. But I mean, if you've got cancer, you've got other problems, glaucoma, whatever, then, yeah, you really should think about this as a needed medicine and consider it. Yeah. And what I, like I try to tell patients is, you know, the best thing about medical cannabis, as far as I'm concerned, is that there's no harm. I mean, if it helps you with chemotherapy or whatever the disorder is, hopefully it helps you. If it doesn't, it's not going to harm you in any way. It's not going to harm the other medicines you take. 
and maybe even you know get you off a lot of the other medicines you take. Because cannabis serves such a such a need in, in the human body. Such a wide so, range, it really does. Yeah. So, hey, look, you know, yeah. I all we can do is, is talk about it and get the word out. And what you're doing is getting the word out, and that's what I, I appreciate. Following in your footsteps, buddy. I can't thank you enough. I just want to tell you one more time, I love you, Herb, and and you're the best. Thanks so much for being on my. 100th episode of Cannabiverum, the Cannabis Truth podcast. And um, and I'll talk to you again. We'll catch up real soon. All right, honey. I appreciate that. It's very special. Keep up the good work. Thank you, buddy. Take care. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. Hey, my friends. You know that book that we were talking about, Irv's book? It's called My Medicine. Well, it's a fabulous book, and you ought to read it. And I want you to have the opportunity to win one of mine. That's right. You can win one of my books that I actually bought from Irv. Why? Because I was passing them out to my friends to keep them informed, to inspire them, to let them know what was possible. And so... Well, I kept loaning my own individual book out until finally I just had to buy a bunch more. Anyway, I want you to have one too. So please send me a little love note. Tell me that you want it with your address on it. And we'll have a little contest and I'll have Irv pick the winning email. So please send me a little love note. Just just send it to info at honeysmithwalls.com. And then we'll have a little contest, and maybe you'll win the book. Hey, if you don't want to wait, go ahead and send him 25 bucks, and you can find his address right in the show notes. But we'll have this contest go on for, oh, maybe a week after this airs. And thanks so much for tuning in to Cannabiverum. We really enjoy having you here. You've been listening to another Cannabiverum podcast with 21st century cannabis shaman Honey Smith Walls about the importance of using safe hemp and marijuana products. The process of taking your records with your symptoms and diagnosis to a cannabis specialist can lead you to the correct cannabinoid therapy for your best results. Otherwise, you're just your own guinea pig looking for answers without any foundational knowledge or ability to determine the best choices. Unless otherwise proven by a reputable third-party lab test, please be advised that all street weed is contaminated. It may do grave harm to a patient with a delicate immune system. I challenge you to check the veracity of my statements in each episode by checking the medical citations posted on my podcast blog at the Cannabiverum.com website. That's C-A-N-N-A-B-A-V-E-R-U-M dot com.